Our gospel lesson for today, the third Sunday in Lent, comes from John chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle and sheep and doves and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Okay, heritage poll. Where are my Scandinavians? Okay. Any specifically Norwegian, or am I the only one? Okay, we got some Norwegians out there. Um, here's one thing that I've learned in my 44 years. The sun is dangerous to us. If you're not aware, about a week and a half ago, a couple weeks ago, I was enjoying the sun in Cancun. And I have a little strip right here. You don't get to see it, but it's there, trust me. Where I did not quite get enough sunscreen on the very final day. And I got a little red. Not bad, not bad. Just enough to remind me like, hey, sunscreen is important. If you've ever been south to the, the tropical areas, you know the importance of sunscreen. It's, it's important, and you got to have it. You just got to have it. Otherwise, it's going to be a problem. Now, we took a fair amount of sunscreen with us on our trip, quite a bit. But, of course, there are limitations in how much you can take on the airplane. So there were limits to how much we took. And we were monitoring through our time there. Do we have enough sunscreen? Yeah, I think we got enough sunscreen. Do we have enough sunscreen? I think we've got enough sunscreen. Do we have enough sunscreen? Not sure if we have enough sunscreen. And so as we were getting towards the end of the week and supplies were getting low, they weren't gone yet, but they were getting low, we thought, what are our options? We can either go try and find a store and navigate the language barrier and try and buy some, or we can check the gift shop. So we checked the gift shop. Sure enough, they had it. They know that we need the sunscreen. Anybody want to take a guess how much it cost? Was that $5 or was that $55? $55? dollars $5. Okay, that's local prices. <laughs> the cheapest bottle was like 25 bucks, all the way up to like 35 Some were even pushing 40 bucks. Now, for reference, I looked at Target the other day, and you can get a two-pack for like $8, and like the little one-ounce travel ones is like two bucks. They have the sunscreen for you. You got to have it. It's going to cost you. Now, that idea is present within our gospel. And allow me to explain. It's not sunscreen. We're not talking about sunscreen. But it's the same general idea. We hear in our gospel today that Jesus is going to Jerusalem and he's going into the temple for an event known as the Passover. Now, the Passover is one of the big Jewish 
festivals or the big Jewish holidays. And people from all over the known world come into Jerusalem to the temple in order to celebrate the Passover and has a lot of rituals that go along with it. One of the rituals at that time was involved the action of sacrifice, the sacrifices that individuals would have to do in order to make sure that they were on good standing with God, they would be considered clean and everything was good, and it involved sacrifice sometimes of pigeons or doves, we heard that in the reading, it might be a, a sheep, it might be a goat, it might be a cow, there's different things that have to be sacrificed in order to make sure that everything is going right. And there's another aspect of this, too. When they went into the temple, they had to pay something that was called the temple tax. Now, we might think of this as like the offering, but, but it's uh, this little tax that they had to pay. And there was a specific kind of coin, a specific currency that they had to utilize. But remember that there are people coming from all over the known world at the time. And they would have their own local currency that they would bring. And so they have to exchange it in order to get the right type of coin in order to pay this temple tax. And there's something else at work here. Imagine if you have to sacrifice an animal, but you're walking from, say, a couple hundred miles away. Are you going to want to bring that animal with you as you travel? Or would it be better just to get it there? It's better to get it there, right? Yeah. So what Jesus finds when he walks into the temple and he finds all of these, this livestock and he finds these money changers, what's lying underneath their presence there is actually a good thing. They're providing a service for the individuals who are having to travel so far to be able to do all the right steps in order to fulfill righteousness and make sure everything is good as they prepare to celebrate the festival. You gotta have these things, but it's gonna cost you. Just like that sunscreen that was gonna cost me 25 bucks if I bought, side note, I didn't have to buy any sunscreen. We had enough, just in case you're wondering. But this is what Jesus encounters when he walks in. Remember, it's actually intended to be a good thing. But I think what Jesus begins to take issue with is the fact that they're making a buck off this situation. And actually, they're probably making a whole lot more than that. These individuals who are selling the livestock for the sacrifice or who are charging interest to exchange the the coins, they are exploiting the need of their fellow countrymen when they come in for the Passover, when they come in to celebrate. They're exploiting, they're taking advantage of the needs of their fellow countrymen. Now, interestingly enough, in the Old Testament law, or the Levitical law, it's sometimes called, or the law of Moses, we'll hear it called, there's actually a specific thing that tells them, don't do that, and yet they're doing it. And I think that's why Jesus gets so riled up. Now, when I think about this, this moment that we call the cleansing of the temple, it's, it's a big one. It's present in all four Gospels. There aren't a whole lot of stories that are present in all four. This is one of them. And it's interesting to see Jesus have one heck of an emotional reaction. Does that take anybody else off guard? When we think about Jesus, don't we usually picture him as being pretty level-headed, pretty calm, very kind to everyone, and he doesn't really get overly riled up? Well, this time he gets riled up. And it's not just an instantaneous little flare of a temper either. We hear that he, he weaves a, uh, a, a whip of cords. Anybody know how to braid? Have you ever made a whip? It's not like this little five-second thing. I learned how to braid a whip when I was a kid, and it takes time. Can you imagine Jesus? 
friends. I can't believe they're doing this stuff in here and they're making my father's house the marketplace. I like it. I don't know if Jesus actually did that or not, but but Jesus is mad. He's angry. He's got this righteous anger, this emotional response. And I appreciate that so much. This is a moment when the humanity of Jesus is really shining through. And this isn't the only example of times that we have when Jesus has these emotional reactions. There's some other ones. And there's another very, very big one also in the Gospel of John. And it happens when he encounters the death of his friend Lazarus. Now, that's one of the times when we hear that Jesus raises someone from the dead. And when Jesus sees Lazarus's tomb, he weeps, he mourns. He has an emotional reaction in the face of death. Now, when I think about both of these events, the cleansing of the temple and that event with Lazarus, I begin to see, or I think we begin to realize that the man who is also God has visceral emotional reactions to things that really hinder a life of fullness of people. Now, in the case of Lazarus, literally hindering his life is death. I mean, that's pretty, pretty much a no-brainer. But in this situation in the temple, he's angry because he sees the exploitation of people who are just trying to fulfill righteousness, who are just trying to take the right steps in order to be right with God. And that exploitation is something that he's not going to stand for. Now, as I think about all of this, it gives me a little bit of pause because I think about the event that's happening and I think about how the man who is also God reacts when he witnesses the exploitation of people. Does God not desire that life of fullness for all of us? I believe that the answer to that is yes. And so it raises the question, what are those things that are going on in our world, in our society, in the way that we interact with one another? What are those things that whether we, it, we mean to or not, hinder that life of fullness for another person? I think that should give us some pause to stop and consider. I think most of us mean well in our day-to-day lives, in our interactions with people, but sometimes it doesn't always go that way. And sometimes we exist within the midst of a system that exploits other people, whether we recognize it or not. And I think that's something that we should all be aware of. It should give us all a little bit of pause, and maybe we should consider that, and we should consider the need to repent of those things. Again, whether we intend to or not, that's the brokenness of the world and the brokenness that's a part of us that all comes into play. Now, the flip side of that is also true. I think that there are times in our lives and in our own existence when we're on the receiving end of that. And maybe it should give us a little boost of encouragement to know that we have a God who sees it. We have a God who engages with that. We have a God that cares when that stuff happens to us. So as we consider this story, as we consider this idea of of what we find Jesus doing, the reaction that Jesus has today, I think that we should have two reactions to it, that we should experience two reactions. Maybe just a little bit of, ooh, I need to pay attention to those things in my life that might step on the toes of another person. And then remember that when it's happening our direction, that we have a God who is with us in that moment too. Now, above all, above all, we also need to remember what's coming up in just a few more weeks. Now, we're into the season of Lent. We're at about the halfway point now. And Jesus is in Jerusalem for the Passover. What also happens at the Passover is Jesus dies. 
But then three days later, Jesus raises again. Now, he even talks about that in our passage today. Destroy this temple, and he's talking about his body, and in three days I will raise it up. And when Jesus does that, when Jesus walks out of that tomb, he's overcoming the power of sin and brokenness and death, and he does that on behalf of all people. That makes it possible for us to be forgiven for those times when we mess up, and it also makes it possible for us to forgive the ones who step on our toes. May we hold on to that through this this season. Remember that the forgiveness of God we got to have it, but there's a cost to it. Jesus paid that cost. Amen.